you know, about 50% of men suffer from erectile dysfunction, 50% across all ages. Why? What's going on there? And most importantly, what can you do to improve your erectile dysfunction? Let's go. Welcome to the Dr. Geo Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Geo, where it is my goal to help you with your urological function and live better with age. Today's conversation is going to be hopefully an interesting one that they all should be, right? It's one that I get questions on all the time, which is on erectile dysfunction, ED. We're going to call it ED for the remainder of this podcast, ED. ED. What's going on here? Why are men suffering from ED, right? And if you've heard this before, I think, if you've heard me before, you know, the penis is indeed a barometer to a man's health. So anytime a man comes to my office or sends me a message on, you know, I haven't had an erection in three months. Three months. Red flags coming up? Is there some other underlying issue happening? Uh, uh, in my mind, that such a person needs a, a cardiovascular workup. They need to work up their heart. They need to see a cardiologist. You need to see cholesterol and uh, things for diabetes and things like that. Three months is a long time. Now, I know, right? I, I know there are scenarios where, oh man, Friday night, I just couldn't, you know, embarrassing. Embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. I was in a situation with my girl or whoever. And, you know, I, I just couldn't get it up. I, is that a problem? Is that a cardiovascular problem? Unlikely. Unlikely. Right. More or less, if ere an erection that you know of doesn't happen within three months, then that's a problem. That you that you that you know of. What do you mean? I, of course, I would not know. Men typically, on average, get an erection at night while they're sleeping about three to five times a night. You may not know. You don't always wake up with one. With morning Woody, right? Isn't that what they used to call it? <laughs> right? You don't, you don't always wake up with morning Woody, right? But they do happen three to five times a night, unbeknownst to you. That has happened since the time you were, you reached puberty around the age of 13 or so, okay? So what we want to do today is, all right, we want to kind of unpack what's happening in this erectile dysfunction scenario. Why is it happening and what you can do about it, right? And I'm looking at it from a health perspective, right? It's a quality of life perspective for sure. You can enjoy intimate moments with your a partner and, and that's a serious and significant quality of life scenario that I think many men, most men should engage in. There's some exceptions to the rule because some men because of medical reasons or because they're taking pharmaceuticals or some sort, then they cannot get an erection, period, end of story. And I'm not saying is the end all be all. I know that these men live a great life too. But if you can get an erection uh, and there are no medical reasons, then you should. You should. So what is an erection? Why don't we start there? What is it? Right. And what is happening when a man gets an erection? What's exactly happening? 
It's a fascinating thing when you look at it because there's so many things that need to be in place for a man to get an erection that is, um, I'm never ceased to be in awe of how the body works, how the male body works, and things like erections are um, an amazing phenomenon, I think, as to how they work. But we're going to reverse engineer it, right? So when a man gets an erection, what is exactly happening? When a man gets an erection, there's a, a flood of blood flowing into the two muscles that men, uh, that a penis has, it's called the uh, corpus carvinosum. So there's a flood of blood that's going in there and the penis erects. But there also has to be closure of certain veins in the base of the penis so that the blood stays in there. So blood flows in and these veins close off so that the blood stays in the penis until a man reaches an orgasm. And then once a man reaches an orgasm, those veins open up and blood flow comes back into the rest of the body and the erection comes down uh, called detumentance. I don't know. That's what you read on scientific papers. But the bottom line is you get a flaccid penis after an orgasm, right? Men do not get uh, orgasms and keep an erection. They get orgasms, get a, a flaccid penis after that, and there's what's called a refractory period. Refractory period is the amount of time it takes between one erection and another. For younger men, that could be a short period of time. And as men get older, I would say that is an aging problem and probably not a problem, actually. Uh, that's an aging phenomenon where it takes longer for men as they get older to uh, attain an erection after, after their first one, right? That refractory period is a bit longer. But there's a lot of things happening for that erection to happen. A lot of components. An erection occurs due to what's called a, it's a, it's a neurovascular functioning of the body. Neurovascular, what are we talking about? We're talking about nerves. So nerves need to work and work properly. Nerves that are coming from your brain down your spine into the penis. And these nerves need to work to stimulate those muscles to then open up those muscles to get an erection. You need vasculature, right? So that's the other term, neurovascular, so vasculature. So the blood vessels need to work and be healthy because if blood vessels are stiff and hard, they cannot open, right? So blood vessels open and close, open and close, open and close. If they stiff up and don't open, you cannot get an erection. This is one of the reasons why no erection in three months is there stiffening of the arteries happening in the heart or somewhere else? Because that's a that's a life-threatening situation, right? Stiffening of the arteries. So the arteries need to open up. So you want to keep those arteries healthy. How do you do that? You do that in many ways, but there's a chemical produced in the inside of the blood vessels called nitric oxide. And you need nitric oxide for the arteries to expand. So you need nitric oxide. Okay, so we you need nerves to function properly to innervate the muscles of the penis. You need good blood vessels. What else do you need? You need hormones. You need some testosterone because testosterone molecule attaches to the receptors of the penis so it's healthy. It keeps the penis healthy, keeps the endothelium healthy. What's the endothelium? The inside of the arteries that we spoke about a minute ago. So you need testosterone for that. You need testosterone to even care to 
have sex, you know, for libido and sexual desire. And so you need testosterone. So it's neurovascular. It's also hormonal. And it's also psychological. It's also psychological. You and I both know, long day at the office, stressful day, you work 16 hours, right? You know, sort of not too happy with your job. And then you try to come home and you're saying, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get it on with my, with my girl, with my wife, with my, right. I'm going to get it go. I'm going to get it going and it ain't going to happen. It's not happening because you're too stressed. So stress is a factor, a psychological factor that interferes with um, good proper erections and induces erectile dysfunction. I would argue that stress not only I would argue, but I know that stress in the mind is about more than 50% of, of cause for, uh, for ED. Okay? So we need good flow, good nerve flow, good blood flow. We just need good flow of the body back and forth so that there is an erection. You need good hormones. Your testosterone doesn't need to be, by the way, because I know you. some of you guys are, you know, I think my testosterone is low, particularly middle-aged men, right? Testosterone is low. You don't need a lot of testosterone. You do need free testosterone. Talk about that with your, with your doctor, uh, total versus free. And then we're going to talk about that here on the podcast soon. Uh, I talk about that all the time at drgeo.com. So if you're not a member, you know what? Shame on you. Shame on you. If you're not a member of the drgeo.com community, shame on you. So I welcome you to, to, uh, to join in. There needs to be free testosterone. It needs to be freed up, right? So that's important. Sometimes estrogen levels are too high. So that kind of inhibits or you know uh, uh, testosterone production and that's a problem. So there's needs to be a good hormone. So primarily testosterone and free testosterone and the psychological component. Okay. So what do I do? What do I do? Well, you know, again, there's a different causes, right? So how do I address the cause? Because there's one thing to place a bandaid, right? And look. You would think, right, oh, you know, Dr. Gio, you're a natural doctor, you, you know, you don't think that some of these ED drugs are good. Nope, you're wrong. I think some of them are not good. I think some of them are great. It's a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid. But a good Band-Aid sometimes. It's all right. You know, a little Viagra, a little Cialis. No, I even recommend it sometimes. I don't have a problem with it. You have to address the cause. You have to address the cause, right? Because sometimes you use these drugs and you know the feedback I'm getting? Yeah, it works. But man, they don't feel right. Yeah, I got an erection, but man, I feel I feel disconnected from my partner. In fact, I feel like it almost feel like my penis is like disconnected from my body. I'm just going through the motions. Right, right. Because sometimes, and not all the time, and again, I'm not opposed to these meds. I, I think they actually work very well, but sometimes they desensitizes the nerves on the head of the penis. So you do get blood flow, but the nerves are not intact. So it's sort of like you're going through the motions. You get an erection, you can you know penetrate, 
you don't feel like you're into it. So, you know, you have to deal with the cause. Also, if you're having some other underlying issue, uh, uh, you know, you know, your heart is not functioning optimally or uh, diabetes is setting in or, you know, you're out of shape. It's not dealing with the cause. So you want to deal with the cause. You know, stress. Are you dealing with your stress? Stress management. These are all things that are important, certainly for good sexual function, but also for your longevity. And your urological function. So we're hitting all our three points here, right? We're hitting all our three points. So always, always try to address the cause. Very important. So if we're saying, all right, the primary cause of ED, and it's not about aging men, by the way, guys. It is not a, oh, no, if you're 70, of, co- of course you're going to have ED. Nope. Nope. Um my experience and even studies are very clear. ED is not an aging problem. Yes, typically as men age, if they don't take good care of themselves, then you know their body is not going to respond. But it's not an aging problem. I, in my practice, I've seen a lot of young guys in their thirties and twenties. Even recently, I had a guy nineteen years old. He's away in college, and he's coming to me, and then you know, his, you know his. Uh, Parents are concerned. I said, "Yeah, every day I'm, I'm in a, you know, I'm in college and I'm having these issues." A college student. I don't remember anybody when we were in college. We had the opposite problem back in those days, didn't we? I mean, we were trying to be overly active. But many young guys are having ED. Right? What is happening? What is happening out there? Well, what's happening overall? Certainly in the younger group. And when I say younger, I'm roughly saying younger, you know, 40 and younger. I'm I'm no longer part of that. I haven't been part of that group in a long time myself. But, you know, 40 and younger. And, and then older, when we say older, roughly, you know, over 40, over 45, right? Roughly. What's happening? Well, across the board, what's happening is several things. And one of the things that's happening is people are more stressed than ever before. Oh no, Dr. Gia, when I was, you know, I went through a lot of stress and I didn't remember having that problem. It's different. It's different because of our technology. We just, I, I think, look, we would not be talking here. You would not be listening to me here on a platform like this if it's not due to technology. So look, technology is great, but like any great thing, there's always a downside to things that are great. And, you know, technology can be stressful because if you don't control it, and I tell my kids all the time, you don't let it control you, you control it. If you're constantly on and it's just stressful because the world online is all trying to tell you or insinuate how you're not good enough. That's why you're always feeling like crap, right? So you, technology, you know, if you keep, you know, social media, blah, 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 just looking Everybody's having a great time. I'm not. Life sucks. It's no good. So I think that too much technology contributes to erectile dysfunction because it's just more stressful. The other thing that technology has to do with is just overconsumption of pornography. Pornography. It's not my opinion. It's actually pretty much a fact that if you are overwatching porn and just, you know, right? You could just tap in right away, boom. 
what Pornhub isn't one of the places, right? Pornhub, right? You just go to Pornhub, boom, man, look at, and you just keep watching all day. That's not helping you. That is making it worse for you because of many psychological reasons. I'm not good enough. Wow, I'm not. Or you're expecting your partner to sort of react the way you just you see in porn. And she's not reacting or he's not reacting or, you know, oh, I'm not big enough. Man, those guys are big. I'm not big, right? Again, more of how you're not good enough and all that type of, you know, stuff. So over, uh, porn watching is a problem. You know, just day-to-day stress, uh, work stress. Um, life stress. So all these things contribute. So you need to try to address those things. All right, Dr. Gio, how about how about alcohol and marijuana and weed? If I smoke weed and alcohol, how, how does that play a role here? All right. Alcohol, let's start with alcohol. Alcohol calms you down, right? You can actually, I mean, look, I... <laughs> You might have heard the one of the previous episodes on alcohol. Alcohol is actually is a poison, and alcohol is a problem all in all for your health for everything. So, so alcohol is not a great thing. We'll only do it a little bit. All right, that's a different conversation. Now let's take a step back and let's look at it from a erectile dysfunction or erectile perspective. It can be, of course, that alcohol kind of takes the edge off, and you can talk to somebody and kind of you had a rough day and you feel all right and. Now you're, you're a little looser, right? And that can be helpful for erections. But once you consume an excess amount of alcohol, then it promotes and induces ED, right? So you want to try to be cool and calm without a substance like alcohol, okay? Now, I'm not judging you. I don't know you. If you do drink, it shouldn't have to be that much. And, 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 you should be able to control that and then function. How about weed? There again, weed has um, have shown to be a contributor to ED, maybe because it, there's lower testosterone levels and when there's a lot of weed consumption or smoking weed, maybe because it you know, lowers testosterone, but it seems to be a problem in excess. Look, the, the studies can be perfect. You know, if I only smoke two joints a week versus the guy that smokes two a day versus... There's a lot of variables here, okay? So again, I'm not judging. I know that marijuana can be used medically and there's benefits there, okay? I'm just I'm just a messenger here. The other thing finally is the following. Taking just good blood vessel health, right? Good endothelial health. Remember the inner lining of the blood vessels. That needs to be healthy. How do we do that? How do we get more nitric oxide production from your body, all right? So You want to be generally fit and healthy and keep your body fat low, keep your more muscle mass, keep your waistline smaller than your hips, right? So you don't want to have a big belly. Um, Make sure to get good sleep. Most of the times, look, life happens. I get it. Most of the times, get good sleep. And nutritionally, you know, one of the things that if you've ever seen or heard of the formulation that I'm involved in formulating called XY Vigor, uh, there's L-citrulline in XY Vigor. And the reason is XYVGGR, by the way, not spelled out exactly the same. So XYVGGR. The reason why there's L-citrulline in XY Vigor is because it promotes nitric oxide production. So it dilates the blood vessels, right? So you need arginine. By, by the way, a new study came out 
showing that arginine given to a group of men in a randomized trial actually showed that those with mild to moderate ED did better from arginine. The problem with arginine is that you need to take it frequently, right, throughout the, like three times a day. Citrulline actually helps you with more arginine in the body than arginine itself when you consume arginine. So you want citrulline, and sometimes they come in combination, it, uh, citrulline and arginine together in a formula. So citrulline is a good thing. You, you want more citrulline. You know, one of my favorite, and, and this is also an XY Vigor, is ashwagandha is a botanical herb from India. Ashwagandha is very interesting because it helps with ED, not directly, so it's not going to help you with more blood flow, but it helps you with stress and stress chemicals like cortisol. So cortisol, when produced because you're just too stressed and, you know, you cannot manage your stress, contributes to erectile dysfunction indirectly as well because it stops the production of testosterone. No testosterone, you know, it's going to be hard for you to get an erection. So ashwagandha helps with too much production of cortisol. So ashwagandha is an excellent botanical. And things to help with your endothelial health includes things like pomegranate, uh, pomegranate extract. Resveratrol is excellent for endothelial health. Endothelium is the inner lining of the blood vessels, right? So the better endothelial health you have, the better you'll do. Things like antioxidants, Fruits and vegetables, things from blueberries and and grape seeds and grapeseed extract and uh, uh, many things like this help with endothelial health, blood vessel health, and good artery, uh, good artery health for you know dilation. All right, Doctor Geo, I've tried supplements, I've tried the drugs, they don't work. Now what? Whew. Again, deal with the cause, deal with the cause. And this is, you know, all things being equal, obviously men after prostatectomy, men after prostate cancer surgery, men on hormone deprivation treatment for prostate cancer, they're going to have a more difficult time with erections, okay? That's just the way it is. And they find different ways of being intimate. Very interesting. All things being equal. If you tried the supplements, if you tried the lifestyle, exercise, you know, eating better, uh, you're in better shape, your waist is not as big, you try, you know, things like XY Vigor or similar supplements that have all these ingredients in them. You tried your Cialis and Levitra, they don't work. Sometimes if you, you know, even if you do an XY Vigor with a Cialis or Levitra, that works better, uh, or Viagra, that works better together, right? You tried everything, it doesn't work. What's next? What's next is likely an injection of your penis with, with uh, called uh, something like Trimix, which you literally have to inject your penis with these drugs that are in it, and it's going to help you dilate those vessels right away and get an erection, okay? Obviously, there's some uh, issues with that potentially. I mean, look, I know quite a few men that um, take do the injection, and it works fine. But A, it takes away from the spontaneity of intimacy. So it's like, you know, a little foreplay, a little this, a little. Honey, hold on one second. I need to, I'll be back, right? And then you have to go, you got to inject, and then you come back and you're ready to go. So it takes away from the spontaneity. Some guys have a hard time fathoming the idea of, I got to inject my own penis. I have a hard time injecting myself for with my diabetic drug, with insulin. I have to inject my, my penis? Right. But 
And once you get you can get over that. The other thing is priapism. Priapism. Priapism, what's that? Priapism is an erection that doesn't go down. Right? And priapism is a heart attack to the penis. Because if you have an erection for more than like an hour, two hours, then that's gonna cause long-term erectile dysfunction because it starts damaging the blood vessels of the penis. I know there's a comedian out there who says, you know, I heard about priapism and they said, you know, when they have these uh, Viagra commercials that if you have priapism for more than two hours, please call your doctor. Call my doctor? I'm calling everybody. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm calling everybody. You know, it's like, wow, I can last for two hours? Yeah, that's not a good thing. Priapism is not a good thing. So sometimes uh, men get priapism and if that happens, you have to go to the emergency room and then you need another injection to bring to bring it down. There's no other way. Cold water, <laughs> that's not doing it, right? Cold water is not doing it. Uh, so that's that. All right, Dr. Gio, if the, if the lifestyle doesn't work, the natural approach doesn't work, the, uh, the pharmaceutical, Viagra, Cialis, none of that works. Injection doesn't work. Wow, if none of that works, then you need probably a penile implant. And what that is, is a surgical procedure where there's two um, cylinder-like structures going into the corpus carbonosum, those, those muscles, going in there with a reservoir that lies all inside of your body. No one can see it. That reservoir of fluid is between the bladder and your abdominal area. It just sits there. And there's a lever between the testicle that you press, and it allows the fluid to go in. And in, voila, there's an erection. Um, and men can last as long as they want because they have full control of their erection. And yes, they can get an orgasm still because their orgasms are a result of the nerve function. So if the nerves are intact, then you can get an orgasm. And that's the most extreme method. Many, many men get these penile implants a year and they work because they work. But it is a surgical procedure and is an extreme approach. All right. So this is my minor uh, masterclass on erectile dysfunction and what you can do to keep those erections going for good health, good quality of life, overall male wellness, right? Living better with age. You don't have to get erectile dysfunction by aging alone, right? So I hope this was useful for you. I'm sure it was. Tune in to drgeo.com. If you like what you heard, please follow me and subscribe to any platform, YouTube, Spotify, leave a comment, and of course, drgeo.com. That's where you get a lot of the goods. This is Dr. Geo signing off. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Dr. Geo podcast. You can watch all episodes of this podcast and much more by subscribing to my YouTube channel on youtube.com forward slash Geo Espinoza ND. If you love what you heard today, you can help by leaving a five star review of the podcast on Apple and Spotify as each review helps us reach more men who are serious about improving their urological health and how to function better with age. 
And for the latest research and actionable takeaways in the world of men's health and integrative urology, sign up for my newsletter at drgeo.com. I'll see you next time. And now for a brief disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and we're not forming a doctor-patient relationship through this medium. The use of the information and all links associated with this podcast is at the listener's risk and is not to replace medical advice from a physician or a healthcare practitioner. Lastly, thoughts and opinions related to this podcast are my own and may not reflect the views of any institution or organization I'm associated with.